Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. to invite you to turn with me to Acts chapter 3. Reverence His holy presence. Reverence His holy presence. For the glory of the Lord is upon us. His presence is holy. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Shall we pray? Our Father, we give you thanks for your holy written word. We thank you for the spirit of truth to guide us, to teach us. Thank you for receptive hearts, attentive ears, and open minds as we humble ourselves before you and your presence to receive that which you have for us this night that we may be doers of your word and that we may walk in the light as he is in the light thank you for utterance in the holy ghost to boldly proclaim the truth of your word and demonstration of spirit and power that our faith would stand not in the wisdom of men but in the power of god as an act of our will, we choose to be attentive. We will not be distracted. We will give you all the praise, the honor, the glory for all that is accomplished in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man laying from his mother's womb was carried, whom they lay daily at the gate of the temple which is called beautiful to ask alms of them that entered into the temple who seeing Peter and John about to enter into the temple asked an alms Peter fastening his eyes upon him which John said look on us and he gave heed unto them expecting to receive something of them then Peter said silver and gold have I none but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth rise up and walk and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength and he leaping up stood and walked with them and entered into the temple walking and leaping and praising God. Many of you know that Charles Spurgeon was a noted English Baptist minister. But I don't know how many of you know that he was also a very charitable man. And in his loving heart, he took it upon himself to build almshouses for the elderly people. And also, he took it upon himself to visit these people in their homes. Well, one day when he was visiting an elderly lady in one of the cottages, 
he discovered a piece of paper that she had framed on her wall that had something written upon it. And in conversation, of course, he brought it up and asked the lady what it was. And she just went on to say that it was just a reminder of an individual that she used to work for, caring for him, nursing him, an elderly fellow. And that at the point of death, when he was lying on his deathbed, he signed his name to this particular piece of paper and just gave it to her in appreciation. But she couldn't read, and so she didn't really know what it said, what it was. She just took it, had it framed, and put it on the wall. He said, would you mind if I had it examined? She said, well, I guess go ahead and take it. So he took it, I'm sure after some persuasion, and went to the bank and had it examined and discovered that this elderly man who had died had left this woman well off. left her a lot of money. And the people at the bank said, we've been looking for this. We didn't know where it was. We didn't know who the money belonged to. So the money's been sitting here. Hundreds of pounds just sitting here. Well, she was living in poverty. She had nothing. And yet, she had provisions that would have made her well off and cared for. She was poverty stricken. Living in poverty, yet having provisions that would have made her well off. Hanging on that wall, she had framed a document that would have cared for her every need. I can't help but to read through the book of Acts, especially this passage of Scripture, and conclude the fact that the body of Christ in its inception, that is the early church, had a greater appreciation and a stronger faith in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ than the modern church of today has a much deeper appreciation for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and a greater faith in His name when it comes to using His name in prayer, dealing with demon spirits, ministering to the sick, healing that is, and also getting people filled with the Holy Ghost. They had a deeper appreciation, a stronger faith. They had a deeper understanding of the power that was in that name than the early church, or than the, than the church, the modern church of today has. You can't help but conclude that when you read through the book of Acts. Seemingly, the church of today, the body of Christ, the modern church of today, is like this woman. We have a written document that authorizes us to use the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to provide our every need, yet many stand helpless 
and fearful in the face of opposition, unable to cash in on the benefits provided for them through the power that's in that name. Because they don't fully recognize, nor do they understand, the value and the importance of the investment that the Father made in the Lord Jesus Christ in His name when He raised Him from the dead. And so although we have provisions that would enable us to be well cared for and provided for, the modern church of today, like this woman, is living beneath what they should be living. In this particular passage of Scripture, we see here Peter and John having an understanding of the power that's in the name of Jesus and knowing that the power that is in that name belongs to them. Peter said in Acts 3, 6, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. See, the woman didn't know what she had. She had something. But she didn't know what she had. She had something that would provide all she needed. But she didn't know what she had. We can have something. But if we don't know what we have or how to use it, it's to no avail. Peter knew what he had. And Peter knew how to use it. And so he said to the man, Such as I have, give I thee. Well, what did he have? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He knew he had the name of Jesus. He knew the power that was in that name. And he knew the value of that name concerning his life. He knew that in that name, there was enough power to cause this man to rise up and walk, although he had never walked over 40 years from his mother's womb. He knew there was power in that name to work miracles, to cast out devils, to reach the Father's throne, to fill people with the Holy Ghost, and to provide all that he needed to be successful in life. And by that understanding that he had of the name of Jesus, in that name, a mighty miracle was wrought among the people to such a degree that it caused or resulted in 5,000 people being added to the church at Jerusalem. You talk about an evangelistic campaign... You talk about a stirring of the hearts of people. By one notable miracle that was wrought in the name and by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, he so stirred the city that 5,000 people were added to the church at Jerusalem and all the religious leaders of the day were confounded. They were upset. They were confused. They didn't know what to do. 
seemingly the name meant a whole lot more to them than it does to the modern church of today. And we're going to find out why. But first turn with me to Acts chapter 8. You're in 3, go to chapter 8. In Acts chapter 8, we have another illustration of this. Or example. In verse 5, we see Peter going down to the city of Samaria and preaching Christ unto them. And the people gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, seeing and hearing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them. And many that were taken with the palsies and that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. Verse 12 says, But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized both men and women. Now, I want you to notice, here Philip endeavors to have an evangelistic campaign in the city of Samaria. All different kinds of backgrounds people having. Simon the sorcerer that was there with his magical arts doing his thing. People were much into the supernatural at that particular time, of course, just as many are today. Times haven't changed a whole lot. You saw that over there at Ephesus when they brought all their books and their arts. They confessed all that they had, the number of it being 50,000. My goodness. Practicing all their magical arts and witchcraft and spiritualism and all that. No, no different in Samaria. What's he going to go there with? Be a good little boy. Jesus loves you. Beloved. I want you to know he shook the powers of darkness, the very foundations of hell itself. He went to that city of Samaria and he preached Christ unto them. You want to talk about a message? He preached two things. He preached the kingdom of God. He preached the name of Jesus. I said he preached the kingdom of God. He preached the name of Jesus. He said, I want you to know the kingdom of God is available unto you. That the Lord Jesus Christ died upon Calvary's cross, suffered on the cross, died for you. And he represented the kingdom of God here upon this earth. And he prayed that until the kingdom of God comes and is set up upon this earth, realized and manifestation upon this earth, we are to pray that his kingdom come into our hearts. Hallelujah. And his will is done in the lives of people. And if you will open up your heart unto the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Jesus will come in to you. He'll wash you in His blood. He'll deliver you from your sin. He'll make you a king and a priest unto our God. And if you don't believe what I've got to say, bring the deaf, bring the dumb, bring the lame, bring the palsy people, bring them over here. And I want to demonstrate to you that there's power in that name to, to not only to save, but also to heal, deliver, and set the captives free. And He preached the power that was in that name to such a degree that unclean spirits came crying out of many that were possessed with them. Crying with a loud voice. They were delivered by the power that was in that name. What did he have to convince the people? He had the power that was in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. What did he have to convince the people? He demonstrated that the word was true by the power of the Spirit. And in that name, empowered by the Spirit of God, the words that he spoke. Caused a tremendous stir in the lives of the people. 
and resulted in many, many being not only saved, baptized in water, but spirit-filled, speaking with other tongues. And there was great joy. Not just joy. What kind of joy? Great joy in that city. I mean, to such a degree that even Simon the sorcerer said, I have to give this stuff up. And I liked that. Now, I know his heart was wrong, but you know, you have to give him a little bit of credit. He was excited about what he saw. He was excited about the manifestation of God. Man, people talking in these other tongues. I mean, devils being cast out, bodies being restored to health and well-being once again. Glory to God. He was excited. He wanted it. Of course, his heart was wrong. He was going about to get it the wrong way. But still, he was zealous. You see, his heart was not right. And praise God, I pray that it got right. But the results, beloved, were outstanding. The results were phenomenal. I'm telling you, he took the foundations of hell apart. He aroused the people. He got a hold of their interest. He gave them what they needed. And they responded in a powerful way. Now go on back with me to Acts chapter 4. Why is it that they seemingly possessed a deeper appreciation and a greater faith for and in the name of Jesus than the modern church does of today? I'm going to answer that question. Why is it that they seem to possess a deeper appreciation and a greater and stronger faith in the name of Jesus than the modern church of today does? Why is it? The answer is found here in Acts chapter 4. We'll begin in verse 7. Read right on through. When the high priest and, and these people, the rulers, got together and sent <clears throat> excuse me, Peter and John in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? Well, then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said... Whenever you're going to face your adversary, you better do it filled with the Holy Ghost. Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we, be, if this, we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and all the people of Israel but that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. Now, that, of course, concurs with what he said back in Acts 3.16. And his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong, whom you see and know, yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of y'all. They asked by what name or by, why, by what authority. And he said, by the name or by the authority of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ does this man convincingly stand before you every whole, whom ye see and who you know. That's by whose name? They shouldn't have asked, huh? This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Now notice verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other. And a better rendering of that word salvation should be healing. I know it's all inclusive, but it's talking about a man being healed, is it not? In other words, how was this man saved from the, his inability to walk? That's the word that means saved there. Well, this man's salvation cannot be attributed to any other name. For there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved or healed. 
Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus and beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves saying, What shall we do to these men? For indeed, for that indeed, a notable miracle hath been done by hath been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem and we cannot deny it. I like that language, don't you? They can't deny it. For they know the man. They knew who he was. He couldn't walk, but now he can. It's a notable miracle. We cannot deny it. It happened. What can we do about it? Well, there's nothing we can do about it, but I'll tell you what. Here's a thought. You know where that thought came from? Straight from the pit. That's where this thought came from. But that it spread no further among the people. Make note of that. That it spread no further among the people. Notice. Let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. That's the reason why the modern church of today lacks the deep appreciation and the strong faith in the name of Jesus that was possessed by the early church. Because although Satan could not prevent them from preaching and teaching the power that was in the name of Jesus, seemingly... Over the years and through the ages, he was successful in preventing the leaders of today from preaching and teaching the power that is in the name of Jesus to heal, to deliver, to cast out devils to such a degree and extent, people of God, that they tried to take Mark 16 and verses 17 and 18 out of the Bible and say they don't belong there. What does that say? It says, go into all the world, preach the gospel. In my name, you will cast out devils. In my name, you'll speak with new tongues. Now, I remember talking with people out of, me, out of the seminaries and saying, you know, that text doesn't belong there. It just doesn't belong there in the Bible. You know, we've studied it out. We've studied it through. As far as I'm concerned, people like that aren't studying the Bible to find truth. I don't want to take something out that belongs there. I don't want to remove something that belongs to us. Besides, I believe the Spirit of God, you know, saw that down through the ages. You know what he did? He spoke to the Apostle Paul by his Spirit and confirmed what Jesus said there in Mark 16. So there's no shadow of a doubt that all that was said in Mark 16 belongs unto us today. It is ours. And in the name of Jesus, all those things that accompany the power that's in his name belong to the believer today. He provided for that. He saw all that. But that it spread no further among the people. That's why that faith has not spread among the people like it should have. See, he didn't want that spread among the people because then the people would gain that faith in Jesus' name. Because where does faith come from? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And they, if they were to continue to preach and to teach the power that's in that name to save to, as well as to deliver, to heal, to set free. Well, then faith, you see, great faith, deep appreciation would have been within the hearts of the people right on down through the ages. So we know that the enemy has been successful in shutting the mouths of a lot of people, a lot of preachers when it comes to teaching the fullness of the power that's in the name of Jesus. Let's go on.
And they called them and commanded them not to speak or teach it on the name of Jesus. Now notice this. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak all speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing, how that they might punish them because of the people. For all men glorified God for that which was done. For the man was about 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing was showed. Now, people of God, these men were under severe persecution. They laid down their lives for the cause of Christ. They stood adversity and opposition in the face. And when it meant that they would have to lay down their lives to promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, they were willing to do so. They did not fear men. They did not fear the religious leaders or the rulers. They did not fear the government. The cause of Christ was worthy to die for. And as far as they were concerned, these truths are worthy of our attention. And they could not possibly stop from preaching or teaching the power that is in that name. Even if it meant they would lay down their lives, they would not hearken unto men and disobey God. They chose to hearken unto God and disobey men. You see, beloved, the devil knows that when the people of God gain the knowledge of the truth, that knowledge of the truth makes men free. And so he tried to shut up their mouths, and he's been successful in shutting up the mouths of others down through the ages. But you know what, my brother and sister? Faith in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ has been resurrected in the lives of the people of God at this hour in which we speak. There are those who are gaining insight and deeper appreciation for the power that is in that name than ever before. And people are beginning to see, to acknowledge the truthfulness of the power that is in that name like never before. And people of God are realizing that they have been provided for. They have something that will give unto them all the things that they need in this life to enable them to be successful over all the powers of darkness and to be more than conquerors through him that loves him. How? By the power that's been invested in the name of Jesus that belongs unto the church and every child of God today. That's how. Once again, the enemy tries to do his part. And to some degree, he was successful. But you know what, my brother and sister? Not here he's not. <laughs> I said not here he's not how about in your life is he no the veil's been removed we're, we're too deep into it praise God I said we have too much revelation praise God we have too much insight to what God has spoken and what God has said we have a revelation of the name of Jesus and we know the power that's in that name he's not going to keep us from understanding and knowing the truth that makes us free. There is power in that name to overcome. There is power in that name to drive out the works of darkness. There is power in that name to save the lost, to heal the sick. There is power in that name to deliver those who are mentally tormented. There is power in that name to reach the Father's presence. There is power in that name to get a prayer answered. Hallelujah. There is a power in that name to provide a financial need. There is power in that name to meet every need of every human being alive upon the face of this earth that they only come to that name. 
And hallelujah, that name belongs unto all of us. It is our right, our scriptural right. It is our privilege to be able to use that name in this world of darkness. Hallelujah. And let it shine as a beacon light unto those who are lost and overthrow the works of the adversary and overcome all that he would set himself out to do. I don't know about you. I'm excited about the power that's in that name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And no matter what he would try to do, it's too late. We've got the insight. Praise God Almighty. We know what God's Word teaches us. Now, it's, you know, it's not really practical that we could think we could teach all about it. But I would like for us to turn to these portions of Scripture because it's, it's exciting to me. I don't know about you. It's just like, you know, having another piece of pizza. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, it's good. And, you, you know, you have another one. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. You know. So I'm not a steak eater. I'd rather have pizza than steak any day. So, John G. Lake said, before I went and cast out devils, I ate steak. I says, I had your beat, brother. I had pizza. <laughs> had the whole meal, everything provided for. Amen. You know, you have a lot more energy on pizza. I mean, if you know that. That's what joggers and runners use before they go out there and, you know, run their race. A whole lot better for you. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. You want, you, something excites you here tonight? I want, I want you to get excited about this. Jesus, yes, died on Calvary's cross, paid the ultimate sacrifice for sin, was resurrected from the dead, was seated at the Father's right hand, and received a name that's above every other name. Isn't that true? I want to show you what Jesus said his name would do. Mark 16, verse 15. I'm starting with red. Go ye into all the world, not the black part, the red part, and preach the gospel to some creature. How many? Every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow that doubt. And these signs shall follow them that have been religiously brainwashed. No, it says, and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. May I ask you this question tonight? Whose name is it? What do I want to hear about what somebody else tells me what his name could do? Whose name is it? Belongs to him. Who gave it to him? The father did. Who's it belong to? You know, for the likes of it, 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 it amazes me to think how intelligent people can think they know more than Jesus. How can you be intelligent and make such a statement? How can you be intelligent and make such a declaration? If anybody knows what his name will do, he does. I said, if anybody knows what his name will do, he does. If anybody knows what God invested in that name, he does. If anybody knows how much power is in that name, he does. If anybody knows what it will achieve and accomplish in the life of a believer, he does. If anybody should know what that name would do on the lips of a child of God as it's breathed in faith over the powers of darkness, Jesus should know what that name will do. And listen to what he said. In my name, they, the believing ones, will cast out devils. Hallelujah. 
in my name. They'll speak with new tongues. Oh, what does it matter what the theologians say? What does it matter what the seminary says? What does it matter what they say? Hallelujah. Is it the cemetery or the cemetery? doesn't matter what you want to call it. What does it matter what anybody else says? What matters is, Jesus said, in my name, the believers, the believing ones, the ones who do not doubt, the ones who are not brainwashed, the ones who are not blinded by the powers of darkness, those who believe in my name, they will cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, they will know it will not hurt them because the power that's in my name is more than sufficient and more than enough to deliver and set them free from that poisonous thing that, that enters their system. And are you ready for the, fun, the grand finale? Glory to God. He said, and in my name, they will lay hands on the sick. And the sick in my name will recover. I said, that's what he said. Amen. I didn't say it. Who said it? Who said it? You think he knows anything? Oh, glory to God. Absolutely. Why do you think Peter, of all people, Peter, if you'd have said John, if you'd have said James, Peter, Peter got a hold of this. You better think this. If Peter get a hold of it, you better believe you can. I said, if Peter can grab a hold of this insight, you better believe you can I can Has anybody messed up like Peter was before he got filled with the Holy Ghost? People think people get filled with the Holy Ghost and they go crazy. No, people get filled with the Holy Ghost and they get straightened out. Amen. He couldn't say, I believe in Jesus through one night. Right? Oh, I won't deny you, Lord. I won't deny you, Lord. You'll deny me three times before the cock crows. You know that man? Who? Jesus, have you been with him? Jesus who? Who are you talking about? That was that was a condition Peter was in. A man of fear. I mean, he's already told, Jesus told us he had little faith when he tried to walk the sea. But my brother and sister, this is what happens to an individual who sits at the feet of the master. Listen to what he has to say. And then humbly waits for the Spirit of God to come and quicken those words in his heart. Do you realize that? See, Jesus said, look, and I'm sure he was really talking to Peter a lot. And he said, I've got a lot of things that are hard for you to hear. A lot of things that I'd like to say to you that you just cannot receive yet. But how be it, when he, the Spirit of truth has come, he's going to guide you in all truth, going to reveal all things to you that the Father is going to speak to you what the Father said and all that. He'll bring all things to remembrance. Whatsoever I've said unto thee. And there in that upper room, Peter, in that upper room, waiting, hungering, thirsting for the Spirit of God to come and fulfill the words of Jesus. And when the Spirit of God came upon him and filled him with the life, the power, the presence, the almightiness of the living God, the first ministry of the Holy Spirit was to teach that man what Jesus said. 
was to reveal to him a deeper appreciation for the words of Jesus, was to open up to him an understanding and a depth of the power that's in the name of Jesus that enabled him to walk away from that place in a freshness of the Spirit endued with such power that he stood boldly, fearlessly before his accusers, before those who would kill him and destroy him, and he began to proclaim all the words of the living God unashamedly, without fear, and they took notice that that man has been what Jesus, and he didn't deny it, glory to God. He didn't deny it the second time around. He said, yeah, yeah, if you want to know how it happened, I'm going to tell you. He got bold when God began to move, didn't he? He got bold when God began to show himself alive and demonstrate his power. He got mighty and bold in front of all those his accusers. And man, he had a high time. He went back to his own company. Not with his head down, not in guilt, not in condemnation. He went back to his own people. He said, did you hear what they said to me? Glory to God, they said to me and John, they said that what they're going to do to us, they're not going to let us teach or preach in the name of Jesus. But you know what we said to them, boys? We told them, hallelujah, it's better for us to obey God than to obey you. I'm not going to deny it ever again. I know Jesus, I've been with Him. He's my Lord, my Savior, my Master, my, my baptizer in the Holy Ghost. In His name, through faith in His name, made that lame man walk who you know, hallelujah, who you can see before your eyes. He's the same one that did it in His life. And He's the same one that did in my life. And He's available unto all. And they reported that report to them. And they lifted up their voices to God with one accord and said, Lord, You're God. You made the heavens, the earth, and seen all that are in man's. Look at their threatenings. Grant unto thy servants with all boldness may to preach thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal. And may there be more signs and more wonders wrought by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. People, the place was shaken. I said the place was shaken. Where they were assembled together. And they were all filled. Can you imagine that now? Filled with the Holy Ghost. And boldly proclaimed the truth. God confirming His Word was signs following. That's the real Christian life. That's the abundant life that Jesus said, I came that you might have. Hallelujah. It belongs to us. It's ours. We have it now. I'm here to declare to you this night that the power in that name has not diminished. I said the power in that name has not diminished. There is power in that name to, to overcome any force of darkness. I said there is power in that name that is so powerful that every devil must bow its knee. Every tongue must confess. Every sickness must flee. There is power in that name of Jesus here this night to set the captives free. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.